You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Time to Revive. My name is Mark Bird. I'm going to be hosting this week's episode again. And as usual, I'm super duper excited about my guest because, first of all, we've been talking about her coming on and being a guest for many weeks. But as you know, God's timing is always impeccable. God knows exactly when to have which guest, because you guys have heard me talk about this a lot. I always pray and I say, Lord, who do I have? And now I have to start asking, Lord, and when? So (laughs) joining me remotely on the call today is Dale Ann Ross from Lima, Ohio. Dale Ann, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, this is so cool. I interviewed a few weeks ago, Dale Ann's sister. Dale Ann and her sister run a ministry called The Remnant, as a matter of fact, and uh, Remnant Worship is who they go by. So please look them up and like them on Facebook and follow them. They're two women that have a tremendous anointing from God, but also they are burning with the fire of the Lord. And you guys, have heard us interview many, many evangelists and and pastors and and just men and women of God that are literally on fire for him. And today, without further ado, I want to welcome Dale Ann to share a little bit from her heart about what God's been speaking to her and using her in several arenas. But let me lay the groundwork to this because we're going to start to make a shift today. As you know, that our series has been entitled Lifestyle Evangelism for several weeks now. And we're going to start to make a shift into call this next series Evangelism and Discipleship. Because I say this, you can't really have one without the other. And you may have heard last week, if you tuned in, that we started down this path, but I'm going to call them first cousins, you know, first cousins, evangelism and discipleship, because they're so closely related that you really can't have one without the other. Dale Ann, let me start by saying this, you and your sister and your whole team the Remnant Worship, you guys have been going downtown in the local city where you live, and you have been doing an open-air worship and prayer night for actually several months now, every single week. And so, Dalian, I know your heart. Your heart is to go out there and lift up the Lord Jesus Christ um, and take opportunity of our freedom and our liberty that we have so far in this country and worship and praise him. But then you guys began doing ministry. You guys began not just singing and worshiping, but you also started serving people that started coming out on a regular basis. Can you talk about that a little bit, Dale Ann, and describe what that is to you? Yeah, um, we started out just doing worship down there. It's just, it was an open platform. (laughs) And, you know, I, it started with, with the leading of Holy Spirit, just go downtown. And I really was like hearing in my spirit that God wanted to take our city back to the heart of worship and what it really meant. And it just was an open platform. And it was like, we called the city and they said, Hey, 
you know, we're not supposed to say this, but you can exercise your right to worship. I love um, that. And so we didn't need a permit or, or permission. And that to us was exciting because just kind of growing up in church, I feel like we've always felt like we've had to ask permission to worship and ask permission to do things. I know it's not like that everywhere, but that's just how I personally um, have felt like I had to ask permission when God already told us in our word, go. (laughs) And so, and then we have the city saying, well, you have that right. And we have that right. in in the United States, as you said, for now, we have that right. So why are we not exercising that more? So that was kind of our motivation behind it was we wanted to take the gifts and talents that God has given us and just begin to worship because there's so much to that. When we worship, we're lifting up the name of Jesus, as you said, and we're, and and then he draws all the men, you know, but as we were down there, we saw that, oh my gosh, yes, they need this worship and we need to bring the church to them. But there was also needs. There was, there was people hungry. There was people on the streets and it, it, it really opened up our eyes that, okay, this is a spirit, soul, body thing that needs to take place down here. Come on. So it's like, okay, well, then we have the answer because we have Holy Spirit and we know all things by the Spirit. So God, what do you want us to do? And one of the things that drove us was, it's funny that you mentioned that it's discipleship and evangelism is cousins. We grew up in a family, a big family that we got together weekly with our cousins. We wow. were very close with our cousins. And so we would have, my grandparents would have like this long table and everybody would bring food to the table and every Sunday and we would eat and we would fellowship. And it was just such a huge deal to us. It really um, built a lot of I don't know, just relationship with our family and unity within our family. And so we were privileged to have that and see that. And we wanted those people downtown to have that atmosphere. That's what Holy Spirit really impressed upon our hearts. So I, I wouldn't say that we knew that we were evangelizing or being disciples because if you know, Jody and I, we came from the bars and we came from, I mean, even though we grew up in church, it it wasn't a thing where it was like, well, this is what the Bible says. And this is what we're going to go do. This is a religious act. It was just simply something that probably Holy, I know Holy Spirit placed on our heart to make these people feel like they're family. And so it was our motto to say, let's bring them to our table. Let's feed them. Let's clothe them. Let's uh, bring church to them. Because um, what we're finding out now is that a lot of these people have been hurt by the church and they've been rejected by the church and they, they walk into the church and they're kind of pushed aside. And so now we're rebuilding Uh, the image of who Jesus is to them. And because it's not in us, it's in, it's the Jesus in us. (laughs) And so, and so, you know, it it just, if, if that kind of helps kind of build the foundation of the why is because it, it, and and it's the scripture. I love the scripture. We give freely because we received so much. I mean, we, we know what God has done for us in our lives and what he saved us from. And, and so, It's just, it's out of organic expression (laughs) to give it back to people who, who so desperately need that kind of love and that kind of family atmosphere. And, and so it's just really, honestly, I think it's just something Holy Spirit put on the inside of us and it comes natural. It's not something, you know, I was reading in Matthew six today, and it's funny that you're speaking on this about it's, it's, 
it's just different from religion. Okay. Right. And, and so, and so, and you know, Jody and I, we didn't understand when we first started doing stuff like this, we would hear Holy spirit and people come up to us and be like, you guys are coming against the spirit of religion in this city. <laughs> and yeah. we didn't know, we just were like, really, you know? And yeah. then as we got into it, it was like, oh yeah, there's, there's a spirit at work here. And, um, and it's, it is not of God. And so it says in Matthew 6, it says, take care, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired, for then you will lose the reward from your father in heaven. When you give a gift to a beggar, don't shout about it as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and street to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you in all earnestness that they have received all their reward they will ever get. But when you do a kindness to someone, do it secretly. Don't tell your left hand what your right hand's doing. You know, you guys know this first. And now about prayer, when you pray, don't be in the streets. You know what I mean? Let's talk about that. But we oh, are yeah. in the streets doing all these things. <laughs> yeah. But it is not for the attention of man. It is to truly love people. And I, I believe that's the difference is that religion will go down there and we have lots of pictures and we have lots of things that we take, but we really do that for the glory of God to say, look what God is doing in these people's lives, Amen. you know, into, into provoke people into good works and say, come get your eyes on what God is doing. Um, come turn your eyes to Jesus. And I was just praying about that today. And I said, oh God, you know, I know we do a lot of things publicly, but I remember hearing a message one time and it's like, it's like, don't just do things for the public eye to see. There should be some things that you do in secret as well, Amen. you know? And so we don't just do that downtown. And I don't like to share that, but, you know, I, I love how you said a lifestyle of evangelism. Right. And sometimes that's in our own homes, you know? And that's why God pulled me back even this month was to minister and disciple my own family, disciple Amen. my four-year-old. So I, I hope I'm encouraging somebody to say that, yeah, you see a lot of what the public maybe if you if, if and, and with you guys as ministry as well, they, people can see us out in the streets and doing evangelism. And that's all beautiful. And we should. But there's a ministry right in your home at times. And there's a ministry right with your neighbors. And and there's a ministry when you go out to eat and when you go to the grocery store, there's people that you can evangelize and you can disciple and you can get their number and you can stay in contact with them. But downtown's just a platform to do so, you know, and so we just take advantage of that. Yeah, and Dale Ann, I love it that you're you're sharing it this way because here's my favorite part of your whole story so far. Like, because you didn't go out there and go, okay, now we're gonna do evangelism and discipleship. No. Again, no. that's a religious thing, right? And that is, is like putting on or, or doing this religious good deed. And I'm so glad yes. you brought up Matthew chapter six, because that's exactly what he's talking about. No, what you guys did was saying, hey, we just found out that we have the right to exercise our right to worship. And yes. you started there. And then what happened as Jesus was lifted up? He did exactly what you alluded to before. He started drawing men and women to you guys. Why? Because there's a great hunger. There's a great need. And there's a great hurt that actually happened. And some are justified and some are not. But it sure. came through the hands of the church, right? And here's what I yeah. love, Dale Ann, because you say, well, hey, we're going to do church in the street. Well, actually, what you're doing is you're doing Jesus in the street. Amen. That's you it. Know? And that's my yeah. favorite part of what you guys do. And I'm also glad that you shared 
the other things. Yes, we do some of these public things, but that's not the only thing that we do. And because I know you and Jody, I know that about you guys. And what happens is it shows in your lifestyle. It shows in your life that you aren't just doing this to put on a show or to get attention, but you guys are doing this to draw the attention to Jesus. Yes. And then what happens is, Dalian, is here's the deal. This thing that you're doing is you're lifting up Christ and people will get discipled because they will get ministered to. So yes. for a minute, if the audience could, could substitute this for a minute, just wipe out that word discipleship because it's a multiple syllable word, right? It's a churchy word. And yes, we get all is. kinds of weird pictures in our minds from yeah. church about the word discipleship and just substitute it with love. I love that. Right. Yeah. I mean, can yeah. you talk to that a little bit? Absolutely. I think when you make it personal like that, that is just like, I just go back to family. <laughs> yeah. Like if you see your family in need, I don't care who you are. It's going to be hard for you not wanting to meet that need. It's going to be hard for you. And, and, and how many family members do we have that they may have fallen so many times, or maybe you have that one family member that is just like, they can't get it together. But what happens? They still come to you because they know that you will unconditionally love them. And I'm not talking about enable them, but I think we need to see these people as the children of God that God loves and he died for. And when you see them as that, it's easy to say, okay, I'll go to the ends of the world with you because discipleship takes love. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you are not truly loving them through the love of Christ, it will not be long lasting. You will get frustrated. <laughs> if you're doing it out of self-effort and you're doing it for the wrong reason, it will be short-lived. But Amen. when you're doing it out of the love of Christ and you're drinking from the well yourself, you're drinking from the well that, that Jesus offers and you're, 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 you're in intimacy with him behind closed doors, naturally you turn around, you can't help but pour out because you're so full of his love and it naturally pours out. Again, I just say organic over and over again because it, that's, that's really what it is. Does, if, if that makes sense, it's organic love. <laughs> it's not forced love. It's not, I have to do this. It's not the rules and regulations of doing it. It's literally, oh my Lord, I know what you've done for me. And, and who can I just go share this with? It's the woman at the well, <laughs> you know, like, like, uh, oh my goodness, I have to go tell everybody about what you've done for me. And it just, the love comes natural when we first receive the love. And so, so yeah, I, I hope that helps. It's just, and a lot of people are like, well, how do you guys just continue to do that week after week? There are trying times. <laughs> there are times that we have people that honestly, you're like, are you even hearing, you know, the word? <laughs> are you even listening to what we're saying about Jesus? Right. But I think about, I automatically, Holy Spirit reminds me of how long suffering he was with me when he waited patiently on me to receive his love, to receive his forgiveness, to receive his salvation and deliverance. He oh, waited amen. a really long time on me, Mark. That's good. <laughs> a me really too. long time. Yeah. And, and he was patient and he kept pursuing. So I just think of that when we can kind of get tired in our discipleship at time or, or feel like, is this person ever going to get it? You know, oh, yeah. um, 
does that make sense? Because there is a flip side of discipleship that is not easy. So I, I don't, I don't get on here to say, oh, it's the most beautiful thing. And it's, it's the most rewarding, but right. it really does come with a lot of faithfulness and work. And, but that's why you have to make sure you are filled and make sure God is filling your love tank so that you can pour Amen. it back out. Amen. And Dalen, I'm excited that you mentioned the woman at the well, because as you were articulating that right there, all of a sudden I'm like, I'm drawn to John chapter four. And mm. I love this because we've heard these scriptures quoted a decent amount in church, but understanding that it's still tied to the woman at the well is just amazing. What I heard you say when you were talking about organic expression, because I wrote that down, Dale Ann, that is so good because here, listen to this verse, John chapter four, verse 23 and 24, but the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship Mm. the father in spirit and in truth for the father is seeking such to worship him. Now, verse 24, which I have to tie with it's first cousin to verse 23, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And I believe, listen, we know what spirit is. It's, it's Holy spirit, right? It's, it's pureness. The pureness of the Holy spirit is given back to God the actual uh, praise and worship that he is only worthy of receiving. But the organic expression of that is the truth part in my heart, Dale Ann, because if you're going to worship him in truth, that means you got to be honest. Yes. And that's, or, that's the organic piece because it's like, well, I don't feel like it. Well, I get that, but it mm-hmm. isn't a matter of our feelings. It's got it- to be organic. And that's why I love that you guys just started doing it and didn't even have a label for it because it doesn't need to be labeled no. by the church or by religion, but it just is simply an organic expression. I'm so glad that you shared that phrase with us today. It's good. I love that. I love that it, it, it ties into worshiping in spirit and truth, you know, when the enemy, because the enemy comes in and will fight you when you're, when you're doing kingdom work, you know, the enemy will come in and lie to you and, oh, and, yeah. and, and and I mean, you know, just to be honest, there was times that like, we'd be like, are we, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? And, sure. <laughs> and you know, and different things like that. And we're kind of ones to always make sure our heart is right. You know, like, Lord, search me if you find anything offensive, you know, are we, and, and making sure our why was, was legit. Okay. Right. Yep. And so, uh, Jody, Jody said, uh, both of us were getting attacked spiritually and we were talking on the phone. And what I love about it is we have each other just bounce this thing off and, and, and expose the lie and pray for each other. Just that iron sharpens iron. And she said, oh my gosh, I just heard the Lord. And he said, I want you to make a remnant shirt that says legit and then put a period at the end. Wow. And then she put that scripture in John where it says he's looking for worshipers that will worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. And it was almost like God was putting his, his stamp of approval to say, I see you, I know you, and I see that you worship in spirit and truth. He was just affirming us because we were just like, are, are, are we, <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Cause you do, you want to make sure you're, you're keeping your heart pure towards him and, um, and your motivation for what you're doing is and so I just love that you put that organic expression with that because that really is our heart's desire as remnant is to keep 
the worship pure and untainted. Keep the waters pure and untainted so that Amen. people can drink from them and not get sick. Because a lot of people are drinking of worship these days that is tainted. It really Amen. is. Come and on, it, it, it's coming, it's coming from they think they're drinking. They're, they're quenching. It seems like, oh, I'm getting my thirst quenched, mm. but then makes them have to keep coming back for more instead oh, of just being filled. Does that make sense? Oh, and so that so is something sense. that we make sure that our waters, our living waters, the things that, uh, Lord, we don't want these waters tainted. We want these waters to be pure because I believe there's waters flowing, but they're not. They're tainted waters. And so I just, that's just been a thing of ours to make sure our heart is right there where God, we want to worship you in spirit and church. We want our waters to be pure, that when people are drinking of them as worship is flowing, it's just filling them and satisfying them and cleansing them, you know, and purifying yeah. them. And they'll want more of that pure water. They'll want more of, of God's righteousness and his justice and his peace and not this quick fix word or these, so you, do good. you know what I'm saying? I do. Um, and Dale, and I'm going to say, let's do another episode on this because I'd love to unpack that a lot more with you. Yeah, for sure. That's so good. But I want to pause for just a second because okay. staying in John chapter four. OK, again, the same conversation with the woman at the well. He says in verse 13, Jesus answered her. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So and good. I think that just exactly expresses what you just said. Yes. Yes. And that's the thing. It's the water, the, those waters that they want people to keep coming back. I want to give, I want people to get the, the water that is so pure that they build their own spring to give to others. That's oh, why amen. we're making disciples of all men, right? right? Like go and make disciples that they then become a discipler. They have waters to give, <laughs> you know? That's so exactly it's like, right. no, don't keep come get being dependent on the waters that that are flowing out of, you need your own waters. You need your own spring to give to others because that's how we're going to get more work done in the kingdom of God. When we don't keep creating codependent Christians or codependent worshipers, like let's, we'll give you a taste of it. And then you'll have a spring <laughs> on the inside of you um, because yeah, the Holy right. Spirit will come and reside on the inside of you, you know? So, yeah. And for those people listening, I just feel led to say this. The Bible says that God's no respecter of persons. And Amen. what I mean by sharing that, Dale Ann, is because people might be sitting there going, wow, 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 that could never be me. We are really not that special, Dale Ann. No, you understand not what I'm at saying? All. It's like, no, it's not because we have this or that or the other. Like, it is available, that living water. If you think about it, tying it to the woman at the well, that living water was made available to her. Yes. And I'm not saying that she's the worst person on earth, but I'm saying she was down and out in her sin. And yet yes. Jesus offered that same living water to her. And what I'm saying is there's Christians out there, Dale Ann, that are listening to this to go, oh, well, God could never use me in that way. Well, he used this woman at the well, a Samaritan woman, to be arguably the best evangelist that ever lived. Yes. Right. Because yes. she went and turned her own city toward the yes. Lord. Yes. I don't know of any special gifting or special anointing or special label 
that no. she had because everyone knows her as what? The woman at the well, right? Yes, yes, yes. And so the people yes. like that you're ministering to, what are they? They're the people downtown, mm-hmm. right, Dale? And yet God wants yes. to use them, minister to them, bless them, and get them to turn around yes. and let that living water flow right out of them for someone else. Yes, yes. There is, there is no, um, there is no, um, what is the word? God just isn't a respecter of persons. It's so true. I never thought in a million years he would use me in the way he is ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I won't go into my past, but if people knew my past and if some people know my past, they know me. And like, that's what they're so astonished at. Like, are you sure it's the Dale land that I know is doing that? <laughs> so, so he's, it, it, it's, it's amazing. It's him. And I, I have to share this. We actually minister right in the fountain by the well. And we use that all the time that God always put us right by that well. And that, that's just, it's just so powerful that there's actually a fountain right there that we get to minister by to remind us that we're, we're giving living water because yes. Jesus resides in us. And, yes. and yes, he will, he will do it for, for those listening. If, if you desire to do more for the Lord, it doesn't matter your age, your race, your, <laughs> your uh, gender. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter if you were a felon. It doesn't matter. God will use you. If you just say yes and surrender your life, he will use you so powerfully and mightily when you surrender to him. And it's not by might or power anyways. It's not by our abilities. It's by his <laughs> spirit you know so so it's his spirit working it's not even any of us it's all of him it's just our surrender and our yes that's simple it so is dale ann and as i promised you earlier before we hit record time has flown by already i told you we'll blink and miss it but it's crazy it felt like two minutes (laughs) i know it did and so that's why i'm i'm very serious if you're willing i'd love to have you back again because i want to unpack uh some of that other stuff that you brought up if you're willing to do that in another episode. I would love to. (laughs) That's awesome. To wrap up today, I want to end with a scripture out of John chapter 15. And this is a very familiar passage of scripture, because as I begin to read the verses in context here, you'll go, oh yeah, I know that. But in the lens of evangelism and discipleship, I want you to hear how Jesus kind of rounds this out with that concept. He says in verse five of John 15, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Okay, you guys have heard this. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Dale Ann and I have been talking about this. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. I don't want that role. Verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Here's where I want to land for this episode today. Verse eight of John 15, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And here we go. So you will be my disciples. Amen. So good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's right there in plain sight, but that's what, what does a disciple look like right there? One that abides in the vine, 
one that bears fruit. And again, I love it because it was organic, Dayland. You guys just went out there and you didn't say, hey, let's try to bear some fruit today. No, you just said, hey, we have the right to worship in public and let's do that. And by you exercising your right in just pure obedience to what the Holy Spirit was telling you guys to do and look what he continues to do. And, And now you're having a family gathering every yeah. Thursday downtown. Literally, that's what it's become, Dale Ann. And it is yes, so it exciting. And I yeah. love watching the Lord use you guys. It puts a smile on my face because you're just expressing your hearts and exercising your right to lift up the name of Jesus. Dale Ann, thanks so much again for carving out this time to jump on with me. And again, if you're willing to do so, I'd love to have you back. Yes, I would absolutely love to. And it was my pleasure. This was so fun. (laughs) Awesome. Guys, tune in again next week. We'll have another guest and we'll continue to unpack this evangelism and discipleship first cousin relationship. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Rise FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at risefmohio.com. The Rise FM Podcast Network.